Welcome back. This is the Master on Hokanui Tuesday afternoon with Andy Muir, joined in studio by Lynn Berry. Good afternoon, Lynn. How's things? Oh, just amazing. It's just a box of fluffy ducks. Getting through winter all right? Oh, I am. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, um, I finished my last level three sheep and beef cast out at Tianao yesterday. So I've nice. had them for probably 18 months and sad to see them go, but they've all gone to complete, which is really, really good. All keen on farming? Oh yeah, they're all working on farms, so all the courses I do with the primary ITO, all the um, people that come along to them are employed on farm. I'll just get (coughs) you to lift your microphone up just a fraction from there, awesome, there we go. Hey, um, we're talking today about the calving in the shed and issues that can arise. Yep, yep, so there's a few calves hitting the ground already, whether they were supposed to or not. some of the students in class have been saying that there's a few early ones arrived. I've got a couple of students who carve all year round, so they they haven't really stopped. Um, so the main thing probably to keep an eye on is like make sure your calf facilities are actually ready, not just when the first calf hits the ground and it's delivered at the calf sheds, you decide, oh, maybe I better get those pens all done and all the gates up and all the water working and everything. So that should have been technically done ages ago to give the sheds time to air out and um, give, have a good spray so that we haven't got any bugs floating around. So it's really important when those calves do hit the ground that they get a good feed of colostrum. There was a trial done up in the North Island a few years back where they blood tested all the calves, freshly calved cows and their calves and the calves had, 60% of them hadn't had an adequate amount of colostrum within that first 24 hours and and these were calves that were still left on cows out in the paddock so it's really important when you pick those calves up that they get at least 10% at the moment new guidelines animal welfare guidelines are 20% of their body weight in colostrum and preferably that gold colostrum and you you can get one of those refracting refractor meters and you put a little bit of colostrum on it and you look through it and it should be at least 22 plus, and that shows a sign of really good quality colostrum. Just problems with the calving shed, though, as far as parasites and the likes. Um, once you get them in there, unfortunately, they can be a critter to get out. Yeah. yeah, there's a few. You can tell a lot by the colour of a calf's poo. Like um, nutritional scale. You can tell a lot by anybody's colour of poo, to be <laughs> honest. Yeah, yeah, mind you. I, I've only I only specialise like look at calf poo. That's good I, I to don't, know. I don't have babies anymore, so <laughs> I don't have to worry about those. But um, so a nutritional scour is usually a, a, a white creamy scour, and if if they were up in say a wool shed on grating, if they pooed and it was all creamy whitey colour, and it sat on top of the grating, this used to be the rule of thumb, then it wasn't an issue. But if they pooed and it ran through the grating and disappeared, then there was a, an issue that you needed to address. Another one um, is, is rotavirus, which is, again is a virus and I know it's been touched on. But it actually what it does is it infects the little tiny hairs on the villi in the lining of the small intestine and it gets in there and it ruptures them. So it damages them and it uh, affects the calf's ability to absorb nutrients plus it loses um, moisture 
out of it. So they dehydrate as well. They're not absorbing, plus they're losing moisture at the same time. The big thing with rotaviruses, um, because I had this experience once, we were raising um, some calves in the shed, right? And we got it, and out of about 20 calves, we lost about 16. Oh, it's terrible. It is. It's absolutely heartbreaking. But once rotavirus is established in an area, can you eliminate it in the long term? What do you have to do if you can? You've got to be really, really on to hygiene in the shed. Get your sheds cleaned out early. Give them time to to air out. Give them a good spray. And then you can't, can't my understanding is you can't eradicate it 100%. So you've got to be really, really good with your hygiene and how you are managing your calf sheds. You can give your um, cows in a, I'm not going to, there are two different types of vaccinations you can give your cows leading up to calving that yeah. provide passive immunity for the calf because the calf has no immune system when, when it's born. So that's why colostrum is important because it has immunogoblins. I don't think that's how you say it, but immunogoblins Close in enough. It. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> that transfer a passive immunity to the calf and the gut, will absorb those in the first 24 hours but after that it stops absorbing them so we need to get the good stuff in them really quickly so if you vaccinate your cows the passive immunity is passed to the calf from the colostrum and that provides enough immunity until they start building up their own resistance to the bugs where we were wintering oh sorry where we had these calves in the spring to be fair we had them in the corner of a shed it was wood chips and um, we found out that wasn't the answer no, there's different. There's lots of different ways of um, rearing calves, but, but hygiene is the biggest thing. I look. I saw a PowerPoint presentation by a guy who um, does fertility checks on bulls, and he did a little like research on bulls that had had rotavirus when they were calves, compared to bulls that hadn't had rotavirus when they were calves. And he found that the bulls that had rotavirus tended to be not as fertile as the bulls that had. So, you know, when, you, when you're putting your bulls out, you're working on, on average, one in ten bulls being infertile. And then it doesn't help if you've got bulls running around also that have had rotavirus in the past, so their fertility may have been affected with it. E. coli is another one as well, as far as bacteria. Yep, yep. So that's um, something that happens to calves very earlier on. Um, it's a and it could just walk into a pen and the calf's dead. But with all, with all scours, it's, if you haven't experienced it before and you're not sure, it's always best to take a sample down to the vet and get it cultured so you know exactly what you're working with. Cryptosporidia? Yep, it's a wee parasite. It's actually a zoonoic disease. Um, so you can catch it off your calves. Again, it's not just to keep your calves... Um, healthy that your hygiene has to be really good but it's also to make sure that you're not picking up bugs off your calves and approximately 30% of farms have it but it may be lying around in the background and if your calves get stressed then it can pop its head up. The other one is coccidiosis which is a protozoa and this can be from three to four weeks up to three to eight months so what happens most times is if we're buying commercial meals, then they have a coccidiostat in it to stop the coccidiosis. And when we wean our calves off the meal, they do can get a challenge because they haven't got that product in them anymore until they um, get a bit of immunity to the bugs. So, so it's really important as far as hygiene and, and knowing 
what your scours look like mm. that could be causing the issue. Absolutely. Something to think about as carving comes around oh so quickly. Lynn, always great to chat. Thank you. Lynn Berry there, always great to chat on the muster on every couple of weeks as well. Uh, coming up next, we're going to catch up with Hugh Jackson.